Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is Chaos Movies with Chris. Today I'm going to talk about uh, the 2021 film Nobody. I was looking for these last two days, I've been really looking forward to talking about this film. I don't know why I took so long to watch it. Maybe it's because I had to pay seven bucks to watch it because I can't, I don't stream. So, uh, yeah, so it took a little bit. This movie was supposed to come out in 2019 or prior to the pandemic and probably maybe the group or the team would be upset about that because they really would have wanted a big audience for this film. It deserves it deserves to have it probably it probably went to cinema but I just know that not many of them are open in the states so that's probably a bit of a letdown for them but either way nonetheless it still was released and I was happy enough to watch it over the weekend. Huge things to talk about. Clearly spoiler alerts I'm going to say a lot of things that um would give a lot of things away. Uh, this movie's fairly predictable, but there's also some cool little hidden gems throughout. So if you haven't seen it, watch it. If you don't care about hearing some stuff, then continue. And if you have watched it, then have a listen and see what you think. Your choice. So this movie is directed by a director's name, which I can't pronounce, but he was the director of a movie called Hardcore Henry, which I think is an action movie filmed via, via POV, starring a guy called Shalto Coplay, which I've mentioned in the past. And so he knows his way around a bit of action stuff. So he's got a, he's got a bit of gift behind the camera. The writer of this movie, which you, you all might know, is Derek Colstad, Colstad with a K. He is the writer of all the John Wick films. And once again... Being that it's an action film and predictability, you'll know why this writer is a part of it because it just screams across between John Wick and uh, kind of like Home Alone, I guess you could say. I don't know. Let's just let's just keep going. So, straight up baseline is actually no. Let's not do the baseline. Let's go back to the characters. Sorry. Let's go to the characters because this is important, right? There's not, there's like 60 characters in this movie. None of them matter except for Bob Odenkirk, Christopher Lloyd, and Raza. Other than that, no one else. Pay no attention to the character list. Bob Odenkirk is the fucking man. On screen and off. I, I knew very little about this dude but because I didn't really get into Breaking Bad. And obviously, he plays uh, the character Saul for many years in Breaking Bad and prior to that, various other shows and, and movies and things that I generally haven't spent my time watching. So that's why I think with an action movie like this, a character, because it's not original, it's not an original story at all. We've seen this many times. John Wick, Equalizer, The Accountant, Die Hard, all that kind of stuff. You know, All those action movies have a very similar storyline. So there's nothing new about this film except Bob Odenkirk. This seems to be the pathway that most directors and producers and casting members, whatever, are going because they need new movies to hit the shelves and what better way to throw a character or an actor into a movie that they're not normally part of. So like, for instance, uh, my favourite, Kevin Costner in Mr. Brooks, where he plays a serial killer um, and he has split personalities and whatnot. I thought that movie was brilliant. Kevin Costner in that role, are you serious? I mean, he's, yeah, 
he's got some dark shit. He's played some drama stuff. He's played some rom-coms, all that kind of shit. But this Mr. Brooks was just totally wow. So, I mean, maybe you knew it was coming in that because it's sort of centered around Mr. Brooks having split personalities and whatever. But in this one, Bob Odenkirk plays a very basic nine-to-five working man um, they show you right from the start of the movie that his life is just predictably bad and he's not liked or, or he's not loved. He's he's a loser kind of thing or not a loser, but he's sort of sort of belittled a little bit. Like he keeps missing the garbage. Um, he just can't get normal everyday life right. The wife isn't happy. The kids, his daughter likes him, but his son sort of doesn't, not really interested. Um, the job that he's at, he not his it works for someone else and he catches the bus so i suppose that's a another little thing uh he goes for a run every morning in the gray bleak world of i think it's filmed in manitoba canada so snow rain dew wet whatever it's all just gray so that sort of puts a bit of a put a bit of a icing on top of his life there and his wife and him Clearly don't get it on because when he does his exercises at the bus stop, he's doing chin-ups and in front of him on the poster is a picture of his wife who seems like an accessible real estate agent. So whether he's doing chin-ups and staring at her because he turns him on or he's pissed off at her success and that he's trying to navigate this, this life but he's got something buried within himself that's wanting to come out and that's pretty obvious right from the start so you know pay attention to that kind of stuff the the movie centers around violence obviously and a lot of humor um it lacks a bit of depth its action is off the charts really good for this kind of movie obviously john wick we way we we expected a lot more because john wick was feared right from the get-go of this movie, you knew that there was just something there, whereas this is just a story of a guy who you don't know what's going on, but you know he has a set of skills that he used to use and and he's locked him away and eventually, as life goes on, he's going to release him in some way. And it starts off with a, with a home invasion and that was pretty fun because... Like any action movie, you thought something was going to happen, but it didn't. <clears throat> he, he reluctantly didn't injure the invaders uh, rather than let them go as his son got freaking king hit by one of them and his son now doesn't like his father for it and the cops give him shit that he didn't stand up for himself and his neighbours are just like, if that was me, I would have, you know, need the exercise, cardio, punch the fuck out of him, do all that kind of stuff. So it just made him feel worse. He gets to work and they're always riding him. His brother-in-law says something. His father-in-law says something. But he's got a connection that he's – it's like a the 12-step 12 12 step, um, rehab programs that people do and they always have a, sp- a sponsor, right? And uh, the sponsor for him is via a, a ham radio and on the other end of it is Raza, which with the depth that I talk about, it's not much depth for the other – characters throughout the movie you don't give a shit about them you wouldn't care if they died it doesn't really matter but raza and christopher lloyd give a give a good enough performance for the time that they're spent in this movie but all you know is that somehow bob christopher lloyd and raza are connected in the past via a photo that you see throughout the movie and that's it that's all you learn you don't know anything else so when he's going through this hard time 
and he seeks counsel with Raza and Raza starts asking him some questions about the intrusion and Bob gives him the details of she had a gun, like fine details. And that's where you start noticing the change in how meticulous he is and you wonder what his background could be. You're thinking, what did he do? I mean, he's an old bloke. Granted, Bob dived in hard with this movie. I did some research. This guy studied certain techniques, martial arts, whatever, stunt, all that. Two years worth he did. Similar like John Wick, Keanu did the same thing. Keanu nailed the training to become John Wick. And by the look of it, Bob did the same. And it definitely shows through this movie, but not in the same way as John Wick does. Uh, so, you know, that's it. You start noticing that conversation when he's having with Raza about the, how he noticed the gun, what style of gun it was, did, um, did was it loaded, all this kind of stuff. And it was, it was pretty cool. Obviously, he wanted to fuck the absolute crap out of him, but this is just a taste test of what's to come for the movie. And he just wants to go back being his normal self again, back to the routine and, and that kind of stuff. But uh, as far as the turning point, which was a bit of a – not as good as the John Wick dog scenario or the um, uh, brutalized prostitute in Equalizer, this one was – a pussycat bracelet that his daughter had that was in the bowl where the intruders stole the money and must have taken the bracelet too. And then the daughter was upset about it and he instantly just turned, walked out the door and went on to find out who the intruders were because he wants that bracelet back. Like it was his way to relapse was, you've hurt my daughter, so I'm going to now going to fix it but it doesn't really go as planned this is where they start adding in those little humorous parts throughout the movie and those little easter eggy things that um well not easter eggies but um fun facts that give the character a bit of depth um uh he's got a tattoo on his wrist which i won't ex you can just watch how he gets to that point but the tattoo on his wrist similar to the tattoo on the rocks forearm from the movie faster with Billy Bob Thornton and Michael Epps, that the tattoo has a meaning that when someone sees the tattoo, they're automatically scared shitless. And they, this scene wasn't as good as the Rock's faster scene. That was pretty good when the Samoan guy was like shitting himself, realizing that he was a ghost and you can't kill a ghost and then ran off. This one was a two cards on his wrist, a two and a seven unsuited. And I had to do some research on that because I thought they were going to really reference into this pretty hard, but they, they kind of didn't. So I had to do my own little background on it. And it turns out that those cards are the cards of death um, in a Texas Hold'em poker reference that if you got dealt those cards, that basically they're unwinnable. You, you can't use them. They're, they're crap cards. You can't do anything with them. So in this case, I suppose you take two things from it. It could be a either no actually three things the first one would be the fact that when he went into this tattoo parlor and this old war veteran saw the tattoos on his hand and got the fuck out of there real quick and said thank you for your service could mean that he either ref recognizes that tattoo as uh, an elite force or a death squad or or something like that from the war days that you never mess with him so he got the fuck out of there or uh which makes it hard to believe this angle is because the war veteran is the piece that 
makes that first idea kind of real. Second one would be that if the cards are meaning these are the cards of death or the hand of death, that any criminal that comes before Bob's character in his old line of work, man, he was the hand of death. So you're the last person you see before you die. Or thirdly, it could be the fact that Bob's character was is dealt a shitty hand, but he is absolutely that badass that no matter what comes in front of him, he's going to win, no matter what. And death is the ultimate meaning. So I like all three of those meanings. I don't care. Pick which one you like out of it. But the possible elite force type thing sounds more plausible because the character beside him was an old war veteran wearing a desert storm hat and he noticed a tattoo out of everyone else in the shop. So that, that, those, those little gems for me, I really like. It's similar to Eastern Promises with all the tattoos over Viggo Mortensen's body and they all have a story and the more you had, the, it meant the more time you've done or you kneel before no one or uh, how many kills you got. Uh, I, I love things that make a character look scary as fuck <clears throat> and they did that with this but once again nothing really happens no fight breaks out in that tattoo parlor he's there to get, find out the information he needs to know about the intruders so he can track him down and then start his his fucking deathly rage and um shed the skin of this facade friggin husband and wife kind of guy that he's just waiting to bust out of once again doesn't get it though when he gets to the, the intruders finds out the intruders i guess once you see they're just people that are struggling needed cash and have a sick baby so he's like fuck so now he's all upset about that so he hops on a bus and goes to head home job done like i couldn't get my revenge or couldn't get my uh couldn't avenge my son's punch to the head with these guys because they have a family and I, I don't do that anymore but this is where it gets good predictably yeah we knew it was coming because the trailer or the the cover photo of this movie tells you that he gets smacked in the face the coolest part is how coincidence comes into this movie a lot more than uh john wick's movie is like one little coincidence meeting or chance meeting uh brings him back into the fold this one it's just a series of coincidence the intruder the missing bracelet and then goes to the barber uh, goes to the tattoo parlor and then goes to the house and then hops on a bus and then while he's on this bus this car comes up alongside him it's a hummer and it just has some freaking doof doof music going and it just goes crash straight into this concrete um barricade and five or six russian dudes get out and coincidentally they now don't have a car to drive so they want to hop on the bus and this is where it's kind of gets a bit funny and violent at the same time that he sits there narrating his own thoughts and pay attention to the music throughout this movie too i really enjoyed what they did with the music um it's kind of john wicky music but it's also got some humorous and funny movies that uh represent whatever he's feeling at the current time so that kind of works but he's just praying that it's like in most times you would wish that the bus driver wouldn't open up the door but in this case, he's like, I hope to God she opens up the door because I'm going to fuck him up. <laughs> and that's like, you're looking at this old dude, but you still don't know what he's about. He's just bleeding to hurt someone. And of course, there's a young girl on the bus and he wants to protect her too, so there's that. But just watch this whole scene. It's got so much violence. It's shot really well. 
the they do some wide shooting, which means um, wide shots basically means they he bites multiple people at once. <clears throat> the camera doesn't flip like Taken. Fucking Liam Neeson movies are crazy. Some some fight scenes the camera cuts twenty six times. It's ridiculously hard to follow. Um, a lot of cuts, action takes, whatever. This one, there's a, a lot of scenes on the bus that are filmed from a certain point. It's a couple of flip-overs, but he takes on like two or three people in one, one, one sitting. It's freaking great. I love that realism. It just means they have to put a lot of effort into positioning, a lot of fighting, a lot of blood work, all this kind of stuff. It's really good. John Wick is obviously king for it. I mean, he's had scenes where he's taken out 26 guys in a row or freaking 18 guys in a row um, off one take. And that's just, I think that's just brilliant film work um the methods of violence throughout this bus scene is refreshing i guess this is where some of the humor points come into it sort of like a like a zombie land style humor where if you remember zombie land there's always these little pop-up um messages throughout the movie or like a i don't know it's hard to say i don't know how that humor is how am i supposed to express the humor but let's just say he he beats the shit out of this guy, wraps his cord around his head and the, the cord's that pull cord. And the pull cord's when you, in, in America, we have buttons on ours, but in America, if you want to get off the bus, you pull the cord and then a, a flashy light sign pops up saying, um, stop requested. So when he's smashing this guy's head against the door, he's got the cord around his neck and the, the, the sign's flashing, ding, 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 like stop, re stop requested, stop requested, which is, that made me laugh so hard. Just, it's simple, subtle, it only does it a couple of times, but it sort of gives you a double like it's taking the piss out of the stop requested bus thing, which annoys the crap out of any bus driver, I'm sure. And then the other thing is that the guy getting his head smashed is requesting that he stop smashing his head. So that's pretty cool. Now, don't forget, throughout this movie, Bob gets fucked up, like fucked up really good. Um, John Wick gets fucked up. Denzel Washington gets fucked up. Ben Affleck gets fucked up too. But they're all different, right? In this one, he gets messed up because there's possibly 20 years ago when he was in this field that he used to be in of, of elite killer. Whereas in John Wick, he, he gets fucked up but gets up just out of pure, he's pissed off that he let someone hit him or let a car hit him and he's better than that. And with the equalizer, well, he just gets up because he's just hardened, um, perfection kind of thing. Whereas... As I said, Bob's character hasn't been in the game for quite some time, but his rage is real. And the bus scene is a two-prong a two fight scene. First fight scene, fucks them all up, and then he gets friggin' chucked straight out the glass window and lands on his back and then gets back up and goes back in for round two. This time he changes his methods, right? He switches the watch over. Um, no, actually, sorry. No, the watch scenes earlier. He grabs a seatbelt, wraps that around his knuckles, and now he goes to town and finishes the job in, a, in fine form. There's a couple of really cool scenes where he injured some guy's arm and didn't snap around like you normally see in all the movies. This one's sort of hyperextended and then cracked back and made it more believable and made me sort of cringe. I hate seeing knee injuries and arm injuries because it's just something that just grosses me out. But with the... With the final scene with the Russian kid, which this is where the story sort of starts to build up a little bit, is that um, he smashes the shit out of his neck and and lands on the ground and obviously he can't breathe. Now, he 
doesn't seem like he wants to kill anyone. He just wants to badly hurt someone with the built-up rage and anger that he's had in the years of trying to hide who he was. Looks at the kid and goes, fuck. Walks back, grabs Macca's cup, if you call it that, comes back over, slices his neck open. I'm assuming he's performing a tracheotomy, which I've seen in other movies and obviously you hear about it. And then inserts the straw so the kid could breathe. <laughs> so he saves his life. It's hilarious. And then goes home and has a run-in with his wife and he's explains he's got a bit of I think he's got a bit of a spark back in his body, but he didn't realise he messed with some Russians and he's not supposed to care, but Raza certainly does. So that's where he's sort of like, I'm glad you got that out of your system. He has a phone call with him. Glad you got that out of your system. Now you really fucked up. He's like, You've fucking pissed off some Russians. So now Back to depth of character and depth of movie. The villain in this movie is weak. Didn't like it. I wasn't scared of this guy at all. He didn't, even, he didn't fit the profile of the villain in a movie like this. All the other movies I spoke about with action and stuff like that, and you've got your protagonist and antagonist, this one doesn't fit the bill. He literally, first meeting this guy, goes straight into this club and walks straight in, gets a drink, takes his coat off and he's wearing this god-awful jacket with some sort of weird glittery pattern on it takes a drink does some coke and then walks up on stage and goes and does karaoke next to this girl in russian you can barely hear it and it sounds terrible now i don't know don't know what that means the, the song has a meaning but i don't know why that part was necessary is it supposed to show that this guy's unhinged or is it supposed to show that he's weird i, I don't know but he they do give him a chance to prove that he is violent and he's dangerous, but he's not what Raza makes him out to be or what the barber later on gives you in detail about who he's supposed to be. He's just basically a babysitter of the superannuation money of the Russian mob. And when one of the guys questions why he has to sing and dance all the time, it makes him look a little bit of a pussy. He basically walks back, smashes a cocktail stem, uh, and walks back and grabs a big Russian dude that's behind him and just starts slicing him up in brutal fashion. But I just didn't believe it, you know. I wasn't scared. Mate, when Vigo in John Wick is talking to his son after his son killed his dog, he was scary. He was literally just punching his son in the freaking kidney, forcing him to throw up all over the floor. Um, he looked dangerous, looked scary. Like, you look, it looked like John Wick didn't have a chance against this guy at some point. I mean, we didn't believe it was John Wick, right? He's the boogeyman. Bobby Yeager. It's a different type of thing there, different feeling you get from a character. So this movie doesn't give you that at all. <clears throat> but then that could be for a reason. It could be that he's just a means to an end as a villainous character. He means nothing. They don't want you to get connected to the villain like you did with Gerard Butler in uh, Law Abiding Citizens. They don't want you to get connected to the villain uh, because that's probably not the, the way the movie's supposed to go. What you want to get connected to is Bob's character. And I really love how they try to unfold who he was. They don't really, but they just give you enough. Um, after oh, Julian is the villain's name, uh, the character name, Julian finds out that his brother is in hospital and that's the ones from the bus that got put there. That whole scene in the hospital is pretty cool. I didn't mind that. Um, have a watch. It's pretty funny. It's got some humor in there. It's got um, quirky humor, I guess you could say. You'll see. 
and we all respond differently to certain humor in, in movies but i like to think like in food um certain types of combinations cut fat cut acid cut sugar the balance and all that kind of stuff so the humor in a violent movie not deadpool i think that was a bit too much the humor in that but that's ryan reynolds uh you have to give it credit but this movie the the subtle humor cuts through the level of violence that you get in a movie that's only one hour and 31 minutes long so you know it gives you just enough so once that once we leave that hospital scene that's when he's bob's character he's run a new life you know he's he's goes home he's his son recognizes that he's had the shit beaten out of him and his son's got a big bruise on his face from the intrusion and of course now his son's got a bit of respect for him he wants to cook him a meal he wants to go to italy he wants to get away he's got a new lease on life this is good but obviously now julian's pissed and julian did a bit of digging to find out who this one dude was and in fine form that this movie does it's super quick the girl who blackmails a a person that works in the Pentagon and gets a bit of background information on this guy. This is where the name of the movie comes into play and I really like it. Um, so as I said, it's kind of, it's not a spoiler alert, but it's just another, it's like the tattoo theory. The movie's called Nobody, which the first part of the movie, first act and part of the second act explains that he's just a nobody. He's no one. He's, his life is nothing. He's, he's got no meaning, no purpose, no, it's just nobody. But the term nobody comes, it changes as this movie goes on. Once they dig up, he's actually what they call a nobody in the dark world of wet work, I think is what they're saying. He's an auditor. He's the last person you see. He's the, not see, he's the nobody that takes care of you at the end. <clears throat> and then when they go, who killed that person? Be like, no, nobody did. So he's just, that's pretty cool. It's like a play on it, double meaning. And, I, I appreciate that because I just thought this movie was about a guy just being nobody, but turns out his code name is probably nobody. And that's where you get um, a little bit of a aggression, scared, villainous character who just sends these people to his house, stupidly wants him alive, don't know why, possibly because he wants to know still who he is. Obviously knowing that he's a nobody isn't enough. So he says to his right-hand man and team i want him alive i mean shit this whole house scene this next act is friggin' cool once again levels of violence in it are high um uh, the 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 way his house is designed there's a couple of little extra features in there that you probably didn't see the basement is one which brings me to another cool point is in bob odin's actual life i'm not sure how long ago but he was actually um, had an intruders come into his own house in his personal life and he managed to there's not much detail but he managed to trap them in his basement and called 911 and they came out and he said he wasn't really happy with how the police handled the situation and he said that if he was ever a badass that he would do things differently and maybe take matters into his own hands that's what he quotes and that's pretty funny because in this movie when these people are coming into his house and he puts his wife and kids into the basement and he pulls this fake electrical panel down and it's full like 
last orders comes across before it closes, he says to his wife, don't call 911. <laughs> and then closes his door with this badass look on his face. I'm like, that is cool. Means he's about to fuck him up because the police can't do what he's about to do. And it's beautiful. The, the, yeah, just enjoy this scene for what it is. Enjoy how I said that it's not like John Wick where he goes from the start of the movie to the end of the movie and it's all good. I mean, he's owning these people in the house, like taking them all out and then he gets tasered in the back of the neck, captured. And I'm like, oh, shit, I thought he was just going to kill everyone. So, you know, even the car scene that comes up, you're going to love that. The, 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 just the subtle nature of how anyone in the boot of a car trying to escape would just jump out the back and try to get away. I mean, he takes one look at where he is on the boot and then closes the boot lid and then goes about his business a different way. <laughs> it's so funny. So, you know, there's a lot to love about this film. I don't hate this film at all. I've done heavy kind of research on this movie and there are a lot of things that you could change, but it's just not up to me to do that. I just like to talk about it. I'm judging it from my opinions. I don't want them to do it any different way. This movie, if it was altered, say, for instance, if they gave you more characters to care about, that would change the dynamic of the movie. We don't need to, to, you know, we don't need to love the wife. We need to love the son and the daughter. Uh, we don't need to love the villain in this movie. It's not about that. It's about him just freaking relapsing into this world that he just was a, a, so dangerous in and learning how a new character on screen can be so awesome in an action role. So I appreciate that. The cool part about him trying to release who he was is when he tells people, long story short or short story long, while they've got blood coming out of him and pile driven by some sort of metal, he tries to sit down and have a heart-to-heart with people and get it off his chest on who he is. And halfway through his story, he looks down at the, the person or the people on the chairs or whatever, and they're fucking dead. But they weren't dead when he first started telling them. So he's like, I can't even, I can't even release the shit from my unconscious. He can't even get it out because every time he starts talking to someone, they die in the end. <clears throat> that, that was pretty funny. Everything in this movie just gives you exactly what you need, in my opinion. So that's why, that's why I like it so much. There's plenty more at the end. I won't give anything away. You do get to see Christopher Lloyd do something pretty cool and at 80 years of age, it's pretty fucking rad. Raza, he comes into it. The end's classic um, setup of Rambo style, um, Home Alone style killing, but in, like I said, totally different ways and humorous ways as well. So take that into account. And um, yeah, God. Beautiful movie. I'd give it a 9 out of 10. I'd love to see Bob do more. I'd love to see... I looked. He doesn't look like he is, but I know it looks like there's a John Wick 4 and a John Wick 5, and I'm like, don't even start. I won't even go there. I didn't like John Wick 3 that much. It was just too much. It just not, didn't make sense to the storyline. So as for this movie, I don't think this needs to have a sequel at all, uh, even though it sort of maybe gives you hints that there might be. I just, just enjoy it, uh, as I said, to, to watch a different actor play a role that he is completely not used to. And if he wasn't in this movie, I don't, I don't think there would have been a movie. I think they chose him two, three years ago and built this movie around him and, and structured it that way. That's why he did so well. 
Anyway, that's enough from me. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's so much fun. If you have watched it, then I hope you think the same way I do. I thought it was really cool. And as always, guys, thanks for listening. I'll uh, catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.